I had a roommate. He kept nagging me like, Phil, you got to pay the light bill. Phil, you got to pay the light bill. It's, you know, light bill's coming up. And I was like, yeah, man, like, just leave me alone on this light bill. And so I just like, I'll show you I'm not going to pay the light bill. <laughs> and so then, like, I had to pay the late freeze on the light bill. But like, Genius, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't want to look like a punk. I'm going to, like, not pay the light bill because I'm going to teach him not to nag me. But, like, I didn't really, like, it wasn't like he, I taught him a lesson. You know, he didn't, it's just like a spectacularly wrong-headed solution to, to a, a, a human problem. I know I pronounce human bad, but I'm trying my best. <laughs> no, yeah. it's great. Hey, in Philly, a lot of my dad says human, human. Oh, that's how I say oh. it. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why U M A N? Yes, <laughs> human. Is that how people talk in Philadelphia? So wait, are you from Hukiah and all along? I've no. thought it's Ukiah. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, okay, not right. the case. Right, I don't right. know why I talk the way I do, but all my life I've say like, I say, like you know how Trump or Bernie Sanders they both talk like this. They say uh, human. Uh, uh, yeah. humanity oh yeah. yeah but my father who's from new york doesn't talk like that and he like so it's not like i got it from him right well i don't know my dad does it and some older philadelphians do it and oh. not a lot of guys or gals in my age bracket do it but i don't know what it is i don't know what it is people who i know tell me oh that's wrong you're talking the wrong way i don't like it phil you know, right stop stop saying words it makes me second guess myself. There's ways I try to avoid saying certain words. You know, like I say large instead of huge. Right. Especially if Jake's around because Jake will be smirking and smuckering. People just don't speak like that at all on the West Coast, I don't think. It's like some people say pillow. Some people say milk. Some people say crick. Some people say creek. Yeah, I we... say let's start the podcast. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, that's a great idea. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Every Damn Thing. It's a podcast where we rank everything. I'm Phil. And I'm Jake, and we're here to guide you through the list of everything. Each episode, we take items and tell you where they rank on the list of everything. The list can be viewed by going to everydamthing.net. You can find a link in the show notes. So, Phil, we've known each other since a long, long time ago. Once, while delivering newspapers on a cold morning. If I recall correctly, it was February. That's right. Anyways, we looked at the front page of one of the papers and learned a terrible plane crash had happened in which three of our favorite musicians perished. Then we looked at the classifieds page, which contained a ranked list of everything. We memorized the list of everything, of course but we're so distraught by the other news that we jumped in our American-made car. It was a Chevy. And we drove to the earthen embankment that holds back the river. The levee. And we drank so much whiskey and rye that it erased the list of everything from our minds. So we can now only access the list little bits at a time through a scientific process called shooting the shit. That's how, with the help of our friends and listeners, we reassemble the list of every damn thing. The list is now at 228 items with Dolly Parton at the top and Transphobia at the bottom. Animal Crackers and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey are in the middle of the list. Now, 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 Jake, I know you're asking. What is it? Animal Crackers. You mean the um, the Marx Brothers movie? No, I mean the, the snack that comes in the, uh, a cardboard box. Uh, the lion, a okay. uh, 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 cheetah, etc. And I know you're also about to ask me. You mean Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, the journey that they go on in the movie, the titular journey? No, I mean the movie. No, I thought itself. that was a snack. No, I'm talking about the movie Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. It was a sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Thanks for the clarification. It's good to know. So, anyways, listener, if you want to look at the complete list, go to everydamthing.net, and you can find a link to that in the show notes. Uh, and here we are, episode 74. We're joined today by uh, a new guest, Tim Haas, and he is a musician. You've heard his brother on the Dave Haas on the podcast before. Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's good to have you. It's good to be here. It's very good to be here. I see what you guys did there, and I really appreciate it. That intro was spectacular. It lived up exactly to what I was hoping that it would be, so... That's fantastic. I hope that the <laughs> listeners are thinking the same thing. Um, oh, awesome. Now, we got to get some things ranked. So yeah. um, let's get to yeah. it. Jake, what's the first thing that we're going to rank? Yeah, the first thing we're going to rank is uh, 
Volcanoes. Nice. This is submitted by Ryan Sin. As you guys may know, my wife Allie is a geologist, so I know a lot about this kind of stuff. Right. Wait, your wife is a geologist, so you know a lot. Yeah, because she teaches me. Yeah. So oh, okay. let me explain geology to you real quick. Yeah. Mountains are formed in lots of different ways. Volcanoes are mountains, right? So some mountain ranges, for example, are formed like a lot of the ones in the Western U.S. are formed when Paul Bunyan was wrestling with Babe the Big Blue Ox. Yeah, yeah. And they threw each other around and formed mountains that way. Um, from what I understand, volcanoes are formed. There's a fire giant that lives inside a mountain and he's asleep. And then he gets angered by something that, like, the people right outside the mountain have done or have not done. You got to throw someone in. You got to throw a, a maiden oh, in. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's a good point. So you got to throw a maiden in. Let's think about volcanoes, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They're the fucking best. Honestly, they're the most powerful oh, well. and greatest thing. When I was a kid, there was a Mount St. Helens explosion. And, and yeah. it was like, it was covered, like, I don't know why. It was, like, really covered heavily by the media, by kid media, you know, like. Maybe because it wasn't a horribly graphic murder. It wasn't like the Challenger exploding or something, but there was a lot of talk about it. Right. I think by all media, like that was the biggest volcano to go off in the U.S. I think well, maybe what in about, the history. Or think about what's the volcano that went off in the Pacific like 100 years ago? Like, oh, was it in Hawaii? Was it the one? It was somewhere around there. See, like, here's the thing. Volcanoes are like they are very special in my heart right now. They hold a special place because my wife and I just went to Hawaii for the first time. Oh, so, did you go to the Big Island and see the active? We didn't see that one, but we went to Maui, and there's a there's a volcano there called Haleakala, which I ended up just, you know, making songs about Haleakala the whole trip after I heard the name of it. But basically, so they take us, they they take you on this road to Hana where it's beautiful and lush, and suddenly you're like, wow, this is quintessential Hawaii. But after, like, when when we land on Maui, right? We're kind of looking around. We're like, man, this this looks a little bit like California, kind of like desertous. I don't know. This isn't the Hawaii that we. This isn't like Jurassic Park. And what it actually is is because of Haleakala. So I hold volcanoes in a very high esteem because this volcano it spews up certain air pressure or whatever that causes the weather patterns to be desertous on one side of the volcano and a complete rainforest on the other side of the the volcano. So this is like, this blew my mind, obviously, like I, this is first time in Hawaii, so that's mind blowing enough. And then I'm hearing all this stuff about the microclimate and this and that. It's really, really cool. Well, it's like in a real way, if it wasn't for volcanoes, there wouldn't be a Hawaii. Like that's all volcanoes. Exactly. And and that's not the only place. I mean, there's a lot of islands that are like that or like there's a lot of areas that we wouldn't have if not for volcanoes. I've seen a lava flow from far away. I haven't ever like got up close to like wash my hands in it or anything. But imagine like just seeing a lava flow. Like is there something, anything like a, a more beautiful sight to see than lava flowing? like down a mountainside or something like a big old glob of lava imagine that no i mean i mean water is one thing to look at you can kind of sit by a waterfall and just watch it all day same thing with fire this is waterfall plus fire at the same exact time yeah so this is this is dangerous this is next level i'm gonna tell you something this is like a personal story about me and volcanoes um when I was in preschool, they had these cards that, to teach kids about things. And it was like picture, just pictures of little things that show kids. And there was one that was a picture of a volcano. And myself and maybe like three other boys, we would fight for this thing. We wanted the picture of the volcano more than everything else. There was like a cat, a dog, I don't know, a, a, a car or something, you know, just things. But like of all of the things that we could have, the thing we wanted the most was a volcano. Like that's what we want. And I realized like that's kind of like on this list. Like this list is a list of things. And a volcano is a thing and it's a powerful thing. And it created Hawaii 
and it created uh, probably Samoa. I don't know. Maybe created Japan. Is that is it? I don't know. It created a lot of stuff in the Pacific that I appreciate. And it's it's this incredibly beautiful, powerful thing. And I kind of want it to go pretty high on the list. I'm, I think I'm in the I'm, I'm in the tank for it. So yeah, you, you know, you guys are gonna have to talk me out of I'm, it. I'm, it's bad. I'm with you. I'm with you. I've kind of got in my mind a certain ranking that it has to be above this. We'll come back to that later. I think. You, you okay. Can, yeah. I, I did actually get some real science from Allie a little bit before talking about this. By the way, she, like, there's a lot of stuff we're gonna say that she's gonna correct later, or okay. she, maybe she'll never listen to this podcast, right? Because people are always saying the wrong stuff about. They're always calling lava magma and call it magma lava right or oh, always like, oh or like if an earthquake happens it. in one place they say an earthquake is going to happen in the other place that it's a chain reaction oh yeah lots of stuff like that yeah. right i know um, that your wife doesn't like that most volcanoes happen um, at tectonic plate boundaries i think a lot of people um if you've gone through you know high school at least you've seen you know where one tectonic plate goes under the other oh a subduction some certain uh, other volcanoes like the ones in hawaii or like the yellowstone caldera they're over hot spots like, so they're in the middle of the plate, but there's like a, a hot spot where there's some sort of plume that comes up from the center of the earth. So that's how those ones are formed. Um, do you want then, volcanoes to end? Do you, When you see a volcano, you're mm, like, oh, I hope it all ends or do you hope it goes on forever? There isn't a beginning and an end to a volcano, really. Like even a volcano uh, like Sh- like Mount Shasta or certain places that just look like a certain mountain is like it doesn't have to be actively erupting in order for it to. Oh, and they're considered active even if they're not, like, there hasn't been yeah. lava coming out um, in the last uh, Ali years. and I hiked to the top of an active volcano. Um, it's called Panem Crater. It's a, it's in Mono Lake, or at Mono Lake. Um, and Ali actually had to check before we, we hiked to the top of it. It's not a very big one, um, but, it, you know, it's got a crater in the middle. Before we walked it, she actually had to check to see if there were any rumblings. Because, I mean, the last time it went off was 800 years ago, but there's like a 22% chance it's going to go off in the next 100 years. And she's like, yeah, if there had been any, like, activity at all. Um, we wouldn't have gone up there. Wow. Do you, do you think though, like, honestly, if you're a geologist, I don't, I don't want to like get into your, your wife's mind too much, but like everyone that we talked about death on the last episode and everyone's going to die eventually. Like if you two died while observing an active volcano, would it be like the worst possible death? It doesn't seem like it would be that bad. Like death is wrong and bad and you know, you'd want to avoid it. That, but... that might be a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah. But the only thing is you wouldn't want it to like, you know, subtract from her her life as a geologist like if a geologist goes up to a volcano and dies it doesn't make her look like a good geologist yeah but if a geologist gets bit by a lion that's like even worse right well i i don't know i think i think a lion is is something that you'd take and if the earth itself is is the one doing it you'd (laughs) rather you'd rather not because you'd you know you'd you'd hope that the geologist has in their mind they have the forethought and foresight to be able to go you know what Oh, yeah, this is not looking good. Whereas like the, re- you know, if, if you're not a geologist or if you are a geologist, you know, just about as much as the rest of us about lion. If a lion eats you, you're okay. You know, you're okay with that. Yeah, that makes sense. Have you ever watched that show? It's called Dr. Pimple Popper. I think it's a YouTube thing, but it's also a television show. Wow. No, I've like, never seen it. I get kind of upset thinking about it, but it's a TV show or like web series where they basically like they drain abscesses. And like they pop pimples and and, and things like that. Oh right? no, a volcano on your face? Well, no. Basically, that's like what a volcano is. Like when you watch a volcano, you're watching that for Earth. Oh, like you're man. watching, like you're watching like a boil be drained in a way. But it's also very satisfying. And well, honestly, when they <laughs> tell me a volcano shot lava a hundred feet in the air or whatever, or shot ash a thousand feet in the air, 
and I read about it in, in the paper or something, I think, oh, I wish it was 2,000 feet in the air. And when I hear like, oh, the lava flow is like a mile wide, I was like, oh, I wish it was two miles wide. Like, I want volcanoes to be bigger whenever I hear about a volcano. So like, do you, when you go to pop a pimple, are you hoping for a two foot long? I don't well, you know. Are I, you are you hoping that the material goes well, two feet I, long? And then if, you, if it goes two feet, you want it to go three feet? Like, what are we? Basic, basically, just like, in volcanoes, I want volcanoes to be bigger and better. Like, right. if there's, if I have a problem with volcanoes, it's like they're not. I understand, like, if they were bigger, there would be no life on Earth. Oh, also, we should point out that Jake went to the city of, of Pompeii. Oh, that's right, I've been too, there, yeah. but Jake has been to the ruins at Pompeii, where well, this is a big conflict. Those yeah. guys were just trying to have a vacation yeah. by the ocean. There, there are people that not on vacation. They're just people going about their daily lives or like being sex workers or whatever, and they also yeah. died. So right. not just vacationers are killed by. But if you but if you think about it, like how many seaside vacations were created by volcanoes? That's a lot. It's true. Hawaii and everything like that. Versus how many were cut short tragically. Not just the vacations, but all the you know the the people and animals and whatnot of that city. Yeah, it's the whole Icarus thing, you know. I guess right. You want to get up there, but you don't want to get too close. Yeah, the Pompeii thing. That's the big conflict, right? I guess in my mind, I have a rosy and sunny outlook because as a twenty first century human i'm going you know what thank thank god i live in this time i can get up close and personal with a volcano and no worries when those fuckers back in pompeii those guys were just in trouble you know so it's one of those things that now because we live in our time now we can we can love it and respect it oh oh you're right like a lot of things are like that like wolves i'm like oh yeah wolf is beautiful right but like Versus if you talk to one of my ancestors, they're like, this is a terrifying thing. Man. Yeah, exactly. You know what it, what it, do you know what it sounds like when a child is caught by wolves? Like, you don't want to you don't want to hear that sound. We're sort of taken out from nature. Right. But a volcano is like it's just such a, a powerful and beautiful thing. And I kind of just I, I just like I, I like volcanoes. And also, like, they're essential for the earth. If we had no volcanoes, like I understand, like the pressure would build up or it would cause some other problem somewhere else. So we need to have we need to we need to have something like volcanoes. Right. right? Well, here after all this, I'm very, very intrigued at what you're going to say, Phil, about this ranking. Are you going as far as to go top 25? I don't know, man, because like I said, a lot of people died in Pompeii. A lot of people died from like people inhale the dust or whatnot. Or like I think my childhood friends aunt like got got some dust like on our house or something from uh, mount st Helens, so maybe that's bad too i don't right. know new but roof also, like gotta get a new roof yeah you, you got ash all over i saw yeah. um i saw from the air in hawaii a town that was evacuated because there had been a uh, there's been an active volcano there since like the late 70s and you can see like you know like a tricycle in the yard now the kid didn't die but they had to leave all their stuff there one day right which is interesting to me that they, they're like they never went to go back and get this stuff and it's just like a little abandoned little subdivision right and i'm sure the tricycle died had to oh, be probably well the spirit inside of it died definitely think about that definitely man, yeah. good point i gotta think about tricycle ghost that's right in defense of volcanoes um so like they're great vacation spots in general i spent my um honeymoon at the base of a volcano in costa rica um at the, the volcanoes are in all we, we actually climbed up on the vaca- volcano a little bit as uh. well and one side effect of volcanoes i guess is that there's awesome hot springs around them a lot of times oh. so we've seen a place that had awesome hot springs Good we point. also went to a lot of hot springs over by lake mono and nearby there's something called the long valley caldera which is uh, right by mammoth um and i think a caldera is technically a volcano or it's a it's like a volcanic area um and there's lots of hot springs there and so 
that's a really plus for volcanoes because they help create a lot of cool, nice hot springs to kick it in. You like to they use do volcanic things... rock as, as like a pumice stone? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. To exfoliate? That's nice. Yeah. There, there was a volcano like in the 1800s, I think it was, that like affected the worldwide uh, weather patterns and made it so that there was like essentially never a summer. Um, Whoa. Like in the northern hemisphere. In, oh, yeah. It was like a year long winter, essentially. Maybe not a winter, but like the skies were like dark and, and crops didn't grow. And Oh, yeah. It, it was like in the 19th century sometime, right? Yeah, that might yeah. have been Krakatoa. It was one that was like it yeah. happened in the Indian Ocean, but because of wind patterns and whatnot. And it was like such a massive I- I- eruption. It really I feel like up, you so. have a very pro-volcanic lifestyle, Jake. Like a lot of your life is based around being around volcanoes and whatnot. Yeah, this is, I'm thinking that this volcano could be very high on the list. Well, Ali, it does really like it's uh, not just your geological wife. stuff. You, you, it seems like you like you like volcanoes too. When she tells you we're going to go see this volcano, you don't say, hey, 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 hey. Why right. don't we go to see the wetland area or marshland or something <laughs> like that? You know? No, you say, yeah, that sounds good. I hope we see a lava <laughs> flow. Would you like to see lava Flowing down yeah. into a, a, an evacuated town. I know you don't want to see people lose their houses, Jake, but you might like to see lava flow through an evacuated town. Oh, I'd, I'd love to see like something destroyed or like not an evacuated town. Oh, you want to see a town with people in it? If I was to go back in time and be able to like... You want to go back in time and see Pompeii? No, I don't want to see that. You're right. The question is, is there volcano insurance or, or lava insurance? We could sell it to people, but in areas where there aren't volcanoes. And that's how you make money. <laughs> you know, because right. like you don't ever have to pay out. Because I, I could like start going to my, my neighbors and say, hey, you want to, you got to get this volcano insurance. Start talking about volcanoes. Right. Start spreading fear about volcanoes. Yeah, you know, exactly. What lava can do to a house. You ever seen lava come down the hill? Nothing worse than that. And then I get them <laughs> paying me these premiums. We live in Northern California, not a, a big hotspot. So I don't have to pay it. And if I ever do, then I skip town, you know? Right. Just like all insurance. <laughs> yeah. Just like all insurance. Exactly. Right. Um, I'm ready to rank it if you two are. Okay. All right. I guess we got to. Uh, yep. Yeah, me too. You had mentioned, Tim, that there was a floor below which you didn't want to go. Yeah. Well, the floor is 50, but I got to say, I am I might actually be moving that floor up to 25. Well, is that just arbitrary or is there something about Bruce Springsteen or Shakira? Where, I mean, I love Bruce about? Springsteen, but Hawaii, for God's sake. I mean, it's hard to argue right. with Hawaii. Exactly. Like he created a great song. Many great songs, right? But like volcanoes created Hawaii, they right? Created it. And that's only one. We're not thing. ranking Hawaii. Yeah, but no. you're ranking. There's various songs. When you rank Bruce Springsteen, you take into account his body of work. Right. Volcanoes body of work includes Hawaii. Yeah, you can't. Well, but they also had Pompeii. Yeah, but, but like Bruce Springsteen's body of work doesn't include like hundreds of thousands of deaths, maybe more. Right. Yeah, you're that's true. Like, yeah, okay. yeah, on turning the it, turning side, it winter yeah. for a whole year. Okay. On the negative <laughs> side, people who died from the fumes of the ash <laughs> blanketing them as they're trying to eat their, uh, what is that stuff they eat, that sauce they put on the food in uh, in ancient Rome, the fish sauce, you know? They're trying to put that stuff on their food at the food stall and then a, bunch, a cloud of ash comes and they say, oh, we're undone. It's the end of us. I think it's Taco Bell volcano sauce. <laughs> I mean, you like Joe versus the volcano because I really enjoyed it. I had never seen it until pretty recently. Meg Ryan is incredible in it. You 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 forget like you know you used to seeing her just in these uh, you know go on. Oh, sorry. I mean I'm just saying maybe fifty was the right. I don't want to go. I don't think it's less than fifty. So fifty being Shakira, do you think it would be above or below Shakira? She's kind of a volcanic person. She, oh yeah, yeah. And she is she true. from? Well, no, she's not from. She's from Colombia, so it's, yeah. Uh, well, and then there, there's anti-diarrheal medicine, which is also kind of volcanic. It's anti-volcanic, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe maybe this informs the 
decision. I kind of think we want to, the Volcanoes want to go higher. I think they want to go, like, look at the top 10, for example. I like Pee Wee Herman, man. Pee Wee Herman's great. I like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Don't really like Big Top Pee Wee. But, like, what if Pee Wee Herman, like, think about creating Hawaii. Creating it. Have you been to Hawaii? You, I know you have. Right. Look at it. Like, you, you know what you Hawaii smells like? You know what the air feels like there? Right. That wouldn't exist if it wasn't for volcanoes. Yeah, we're not ranking Hawaii, though. Hawaii is a place... Man, when we talk, when it was time to talk about Bruce Springsteen, you said, let's talk about Born to Run. Exactly. Let's talk about, That's uh, the thing. This yeah. is the thing. I mean, this is the volcano's best work is Hawaii, I got to say. Yeah. Best and work. And I feel like I'm a volcano, man. I identify with them. I, I'm we like, have to yeah. consider their worst work, though, too. Yeah. yeah, but you can't judge people by what they do on the, the worst thing they ever do. That's not all we are, Jake. Like you need to destroy to create and volcanoes are about creative destruction. You need to fill everything with volcanic ash and lava before you can rebuild on the, on the ashes. I think below firefighters, firefighters are the ones that clean up the mess of volcano as we know. So maybe under fire, you know, below firefighters and above the matrix. matrix. I'm, I'm seeing it come in hot at, at, at 43. Uh, I want to put volcanoes let's say above Bruce Springsteen and above Weird Al Yankovic and above Caddyshack. Whoa. And, a, and above burritos. Wow. No, you know what? I want to go higher. I want to put them above the Golden Gate Bridge. Wow. No, I'm no above Hank Williams, man. Yeah. You know what? I want to put them at, okay. I want to put them uh, after cats. Okay. So or, you're all between in. Between dogs and cats. After dogs, but before cats. You're all in. Yeah, I think all in, man. You're going, oh, your chips are in the middle. I was going a little, you know, I was kind of hedging my bet a little bit with saying, you know, 44. But I like this. I like this. You're putting all the chips into the center. Honestly, it's like we could put it, we could, volcanoes could be number one on the list. No, this is, I think that's carried away. Your wife's going to hear this, man. I know your wife disagrees. If she was here, Jake, she would, she would say, oh yeah, volcanoes should be number one. Why not? I don't know. They're not better than sandwiches or burritos. I mean, they're not like, here's the thing is that they kill people, man. People choke on those burritos, man. People choke on sandwiches every day. It's a tragic. I don't like to talk about it, but it happens. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if you could add up all the burrito deaths. Would they equal the volcano deaths? I'm sure that it's got to be close. And you get a lot of people, they get the carne asada ones. They get (laughs) cholesterol, you know. I don't think they can be above air. Uh I do think that air is where we draw the line. I'm willing to go. As high as that. 16. Not, not putting it above air. Yeah. Okay, let's put it um, at number 16, above the Golden Gate Bridge. The, the Golden Gate Bridge is a man-made bridge. It's just it's just metal. It's nothing, man. And would the it's, Golden Gate Bridge exist without volcanoes? That's the question. That's the big question. I don't question. think anything would exist without volcanoes. I don't think that like life as we know it could exist without volcanoes. Like I think that volcanoes are central to the workings of the earth, which is the home of all life as far as we know. Right. I mean, I understand there's probably life on other planets and whatnot. There is life, I think, in volcanic calderas that are underwater. If Allie was here, she would explain to us. But basically, there is a kind of life that lives off volcanic heat at the bottom of the sea. And it's like as alien as life can be because all other life on Earth, at least on some level, it's getting its heat from the sun. Right. These are getting, they're get, they use geothermal heat. They look like the craziest creatures you've ever seen in your life. They're a totally different divergent evolution from anything else you've ever seen before. But it is life and it's, it's a different idea of life and it's changed people's idea of like how evolution could work on another planet. Right. Um, you know, it, it's expanded our ideas of what's possible. I believe it. So uh, volcanoes go in to the list at number 16, moving the Golden Gate Bridge to number 17. And, you know, honestly, everyone's a winner at that when you're that high on the list. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, if Golden Gate Bridge is listed to this i don't want golden gate bridge to think you know, <laughs> i'm mad about this i don't like this you know 
your beautiful bridge and people yeah. are buying pictures of you to put on a t-shirt but for me if i had a t-shirt i'd put a volcano on no doubt yeah should we so, take a break and then come yeah back? yeah let's take a break and we'll come back and rank the next thing okay okay so okay we're back from our break now now the next thing we're going to talk about dan r submitted this and this is American Pie by Don McLean. It's a song. It's a rock song from 1971. Mm-hmm. It was number one in the U.S. charts for four weeks. Extremely uh, in long, 1972. right? And I feel like on the radio, it's, when you hear it, they play a shortened version of it, which is just as well because it's even then it's still pretty long. It's long because it has a lot of verses. It's not long because it has like long solos or like long instrumental parts. Right. Um, it's eight and a half minutes long. When the single was first released, you had to like flip the record to, oh. you had to like listen halfway through you had to flip oh so the it was its own b-side yeah, it was its own seven yeah. inch yeah yeah i bet that's the uh, kind of one it was popular for radio djs because they're like man i i got i ate the wrong stuff i gotta, like, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta put on this song and then i i have eight minutes at least to do you know or like go smoke a cigarette or something like that right right yeah that's why the ramones never took off it was recently used in the movie black widow it was like the yellow what's her name oh yeah scar joe's scar scarlett johansson's her, uh, sister. sister's yeah. it was her favorite song and uh they, they sing it a little bit it's kind of an annoying song to a lot of people including me sometimes a lot of times i don't want to listen to it or I, don't want to hear it right when i when i'm flipping through the radio and it's like a classic rock station that's the format it would usually show up in i think i don't need to hear this right now i can't remember the last time i heard it where i said like now i'm in for a treat right exactly i have a very very complicated relationship with this song very complicated and now this is a polarizing song because on one hand in my adult brain i'm a songwriter right but i i first heard this song at overnight camp which is like this was one of the oasis oasis is this how we say yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah, my childhood it. this was a great great time and i heard it there and we did this whole parody of it and it was a whole to do and so it it holds a special place when i hear it i think of those days but the songwriter in me just can't give up the fact that it's eight and a half minutes long and it's a uh, it's got yeah. a good chorus good parts and whatever but no song is good enough in my book to be eight and a half minutes long as a songwriter. I just don't do it. And it's only just recently been supplanted by Taylor Swift's new version of All Too Well as the longest song to ever hit number one in the U.S. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, really? The, the, it the just, I didn't realize that either. Yeah, it happened okay, in the so last month. The thing about this song is like... This song marked like a darkening of the cultural... Like in songs before that, it wasn't going dark, and he kind of added like this element of darkness to it because it was in response. It's like 60s kids growing up, that generation, and it's like a nostalgic song about their own past. There was darkness in songs for sure, maybe not in pop songs. I it's mean, like like Mrs. Robinson, even in, or even in rock, like right? there was darkness in The Doors and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just thinking Mrs. Robinson where he's talking about Joe DiMaggio. It's hearkening back to his earlier time because he's talking about the plane crash where Buddy Holly and Richie Valens and Big Bopper died. Yeah, let's, right. Maybe let's, for the listener, in case they don't know what we're talking about, let's give them a brief overview. Oh, this yeah. song. So the song is a, a song, about, song like, and it's a reminiscence of learning that there had been a plane crash, which is a real life event in which uh, Richie Valens, Buddy Holly and Big Bopper, three like early rock and roll stars died. And this is a famous plane like, crash. In, in the song, who, was got, who was on the plane that was not on the plane? I want to say Waylon Jennings. Waylon. Waylon was in Buddy Holly's band. Some people were going to take the bus. Some people were going to yeah. fly. There's a limited number of seats on the plane. I'll tell you. And there was some sort of like game, like drawing a short straw to see who got to get on the plane and who had to ride the bus. It was a, it was a cold like winter night. It was February. And Waylon drew the short straw. It was between him and Buddy Holly, I think. And Waylon wasn't able to go. And Waylon, as a joke, said to Buddy Holly, I hope the plane crashes. Oh. Just like, you know, as a joking thing. 
uh, and, and it crashed. So, <laughs> so is... like the thing is, it's often used as shorthand. It's like this is when this young generation they like see death or they realize that you know that life is finite or that you know that they apparently that even before the song i think that that was referred to as the day the music died um and, 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 so and it, it represented like a close that, of the i feel like contrast the, song... the 50s or the end of the 50s which is you know what this plane crash symbolizes with the whole process of the 60s you know and into maybe even the early 70s yeah, yeah. of uh, innocence being lost for the u.s and, um to quote wikipedia says the overall theme reflects the deep cultural changes profound disillusionment and loss of innocence of this entire generation boomers essentially that took place between that crash and the end of the 60s and i heard mclean someplace mclean says what he sees at the end point of the song is the woman dying at altamont the free concert the rolling stones concert where the um oh yeah, yeah, yeah killed the woman in altamont right. which sort of represents that sort of the end of the 60s uh, a lot of things that they do there's there's references to that in the song um and also maybe references to the manson murders which a lot of people see as like sort of the closing of the 60s i went on and i looked for songs that are similar to this song right you know a lot of what we do is comparing apples to oranges so i said let's think about some other songs so i went you know where you can go online and you can see find similar songs to this right and i'm going to tell you some songs that are similar to this song and you're going to tell me if you like it more or less you know Black Betty, Ram Jam? Oh, that, that song's better. I don't know if yeah. it's... It rules. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, racist. Oh, Sounds you know like Turn, Turn, Turn by The Birds? Right. Better song. You know Cats better, in the Cradle better, yeah. by right. Harry Chapin? Better song. Uh, You're I So Vain by Carly Simon? Better song. Hold on, hold on a second. It's you a sadder song. Hold on, you said you were going to ask me what I thought. Wait, did I say that? <laughs> yeah. I was, I was lying <laughs> if I did it. I was just trying to... Buy my, I'm telling you, I've looked at all these songs. Cats in the for, Cradle, I'm not convinced. For, okay, First Cut is the Deepest. That's what? a better How's song. song compared? But the Night thing moves, is... How my, is Night Moves by Seeger is a better song, and it's about a similar topic. Was it because right? it's long that we're talking about it? No. The these are similar good. songs because they like... Why is it similar? They have a similar tempo, and a, they meth, musicologically, okay. they, they fit, <laughs> or they're from a similar... I don't know. These were the you songs... You know what song that I think it fits really well with is um, We Didn't Start the Fire. It's probably better than that, Two but songs. I don't like that. Two I don't know. Songs. I can imagine like somebody... Many, like, you know, a millennium into the fucking future, mm-hmm. America's forgotten, and somebody digs up these two artifacts, one being this song, which teaches them mainly just about, I guess, the 60s and the late 50s, and then one being We Didn't Start the Fire. Like, this is awfully about, cryptic. Like, why doesn't he just say what he's talking about? Or they <laughs> listen to Billy Joel one and they say, wow, this is just a when, list of garbage. This is just events. Uh, this, this <laughs> that's how they would learn about the late 20th century or mid to late 20th century in America. Like, honestly. Um, dude, and another uh, song that it's like is is Piano Man by Billy Joel in that like. Oh, that was on my list. Super, Piano Man's better it's too. super catchy. It's overplayed. Right. But it's you know, so much better. Critical reassessment that Billy Joel has been getting in the past, say, I don't know, five, 10 years. I've heard what, something about this. A yeah. lot of talk of like, you know, Billy Joel is a peer of Bruce Springsteen. We underrated him all along. Our, our society did him wrong. Our culture has to reassess and think about it. I've uh, kind of been about, saying that. What about Only the Good Die Young by Billy Joel? That's a similar yeah, it's great. subject. It's matter. a great... That's, hey, that's a if, I, don't, I don't know if it's... If similar. you're looking for Billy Joel hate, you've got the wrong guest on here because I, look, I, I, I love <laughs> Billy Joel unapologetically. I'm amenable to a Billy Joel critical reassessment. Like, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, it's hard for me to think of him as Bruce Springsteen's peer, although they do the same job. Like, right. Why, why shouldn't he be? Well, I wonder where Billy Joel, where does BJ rank on the list? This is a well, big we question. Have, we don't have, we have we, it, somewhere on there. We don't. We don't I'm know. Sure. We don't no, know. No, no radio edits are on yet. the list, and there is a radio edit of this, which is shorter. Well, thank out, God. So it just cuts out a verse or two. Yeah, I mean, and, it's and still ten verses a, long, even yeah. with a cut. Yeah, yeah, and there's also a Weird Al version, which Weird Al is on this. 
And the Great, weird version, it, it's about Star Wars. It's like a, a Star Wars theme. <laughs> yeah. It's about um, specifically Phantom Menace. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Cool. Um, I watched it today. It's funny. I mean, it's better. I enjoy it more than I enjoy this song. Um, although there's a part of me that like tries to, that objectively thinks this song is a good song and a good like cultural artifact. But I definitely enjoy this weird L parody of the song, which is yeah. only about a movie, which I don't like. I think I it's still enjoy that more than I like so this. much like boomer brain poisoning from like growing up in an environment where that was force fed to us all our lives. Right. So you're like, yeah, this is a pivotal, important work of art, but I'm not really sure it is, man. Yeah. yeah it's like, imagine the meaning that it has for people that did live through that. I try to look at it from their perspective. Oh, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it is. And I read the lyrics today. I listened to the song today and I'd be like, yeah, this is, I mean, it, the, the 60s is an important time, like culture, like the subject matter of the song is something that deserves a song to be written about it an epic song you know maybe an eight minute song yeah i get it it's like not some things are, are large enough that like it doesn't really fit in a two minute 30 second pop song but eight minutes is like tim said it's, it's seems like a lot it's yeah. extreme his, his exact execution of it is like he just layers symbolism upon fucking metaphor upon analogy you know and then throws in you know historical and cultural references that are all really vague it's it's a bit much you know yeah, um, yeah. right well uh, here's the only problem though for me right okay i don't want to be coming at it from the perspective of a person who lives right now like i would love to be able to be to pan out and go you know what people from that time we're able to digest an eight and a half minute song. People in our time, we can barely hold our attentions for 30 seconds. So like, that's the yeah. trouble is like, I don't want to be only judging it from the perspective of, you know, like a product of the time kind of thing. But yeah. eight and a half minutes is a long fucking time. Okay. Okay. So I looked <laughs> at other similar songs. I thought, what about songs about pie? So like, you know, Cherry Pie by Warren. I like that song more. You know, this song potato- is better than Cherry Pie by Warren. Sweet Potato Pie by Domino. I like that more. Not as good. Also, do you know about um, the cover by Madonna, which is like, it's yeah, dire. I listened to part of it today. It's not very good. It's, yeah, it's, not, it's, it's dire. It's like, it, it's yeah, not, it's bad. It, you know, not her best. <laughs> Apparently Madonna didn't want to record it. Like somebody at the record label talked her into it. And then when she later like put out a best hits of like that period of her work she like didn't want to put it on the record yeah i think she made the right call yeah and i Um, I bet when like she goes to the christmas party for her record label now she's like doesn't want to sit next to whoever that person is talking oh definitely not Um, but to to you about the guy who made the song he has a like a young uh, girlfriend very young and she was involved in a catfishing scandal where somebody was acting as an intermediary where they were catfishing her and this NBA player. His name was Birdman. He played for the Nuggets. Right. Not his real name. Not his legal name. I forget his real name. But she was like Anderson, I think. Pi- Something yeah. Anderson. The, the intermediary was this woman who hadn't left her house in 14 years. And she was sending pics to one of them from the other and to the other from the one and, and getting them to meet each other and stuff. Wow. What she didn't know was that this woman who is now Don McLean's uh, girlfriend had lied about her age and was 17. So she was soliciting nudes from her the guy lost his job in the nba for over all this right he was being catfished by this woman it's like a very complicated story man i just wanted to search up don mclean i wanted to know like i was worried that like he had said some stuff i wouldn't like you know politically or something how, how long ago did this happen i don't know this was maybe was it 10 years ago i was, was gonna maybe? yeah if it's Birdman, yeah. it's got to be in the last like 15 years or so <laughs> yeah he was like if a white guy with a lot ago, of tattoos who was like a very with a don very mclean is old like this song yeah you this can, song came out yeah, his girlfriend's quite young, man. It's like that's yeah, why I said it's like she's much younger than him. And when they asked him the secret to their relationship, he said, "You got to ride this pony for as long as you can," which is like, oh I, I think it was just a miss, like maybe the wrong choice of words. Although I should point yeah. out, this is something about ponies that I didn't know growing up. Ponies aren't young horses; they're just small. 
So small horses. Yeah. True, so yeah. you're not saying a pony isn't a young necessarily a young horse. Still, maybe not the right thing to say there, man. Not like, great. Another quote of Don McLean's in reference back to this song is that you know it's purposely ambiguous. A lot of the stuff he's talking about. Um, and he said he did that on purpose. But a, a different quote he said. Um, when people ask him what American Pie meant, he would reply, "It means I never have to work again if I don't want to." Well, you know, which is pretty he's, awesome. He's, he's, yeah, it's correct. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that people have that attitude. You know, like where who's the great actor from England who was in Jaws four? Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine, for example, Jaws, was Jaws three. Was yeah, it? no, no, Jaws three was in three D. Uh, okay. Jaws four has Michael Caine, and he had won an Oscar, but he couldn't uh, accept the Oscar because he was filming Jaws four in the Bahamas or something. They asked him, like, isn't it like a bit embarrassing you made this crap? He's like, look, I've never seen Jaws four, but I've seen the house that I bought with the money from Jaws four, and it's a lovely house. It's great. And it's like, look, sometimes that's the value of art is that that guy doesn't have to work ever again. He, yeah. Like if he had never written that song, he, who would he be? He would just be some bum, you know? Yeah, but what like, if that's, um, it transformed his life? What if Jaws four was like twelve hours long though? And it, and, yeah, exactly. And it was kind of vague about exactly what he was talking about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it's just- do you think that, what? like, okay, if there's a message to something, should it be buried in metaphor or should you just say it? That's maybe part of the reason the song is so popular is that he made it ambiguous. So not only is it full of metaphor and symbolism and everything, but it's still really vague and ambiguous. And so, but it allows people to imprint their own ideas onto it. So, like, there's, like, been ongoing, like, theories about what this means and, like, who, who the king and queen represent. Do they represent Pete Seeger and Joan Baez? Or something else is like the Bob Dylan, the jester, which I, I think he is, you know, and like various other references that people get to imprint their own ideas. I don't on, know, man. Is, it says some good about a song that like. Oh, that it can support that. It's, it's man, so open. You give me eight minutes can... and I could say enough stuff and you could and I could be vague and just talk <laughs> about uh, some claptrap and you'll be like, hmm, I think this is what he meant. You know, I, I don't know. Man. Yeah, but so when, when I went to Mendocino Community College mm-hmm. right after high school, there's a guy there named Skip Hunter. He was a teacher. He mostly taught like sociology and stuff like that. And he, uh, he had a ponytail. He wore like a fedora. And he would find a way to include American Pie into the syllabus of every fucking class he taught. He would like do a, a, like a week on it. Like I took more than one class with him. Um, and both of them, he did like a week on American Pie by John McClane. Oh, my. <laughs> like I took sociology with him. And he's like, oh, this song teaches us about like shared cultural signifiers and whatnot. Which, I mean, it makes sense. It's cool in that but way. But like, like so does Night so, Moves. Bob Seger's Night Moves also discusses these things. It's, it's got to say something about it that it resonated with so many people, you know. Um, and also it does say something about it. Like it is a very catchy song like the chorus it is not that i love it but like i, I remember it and like i remember yeah, yeah, it early yeah. tim i got a question for you did you know how to play guitar pretty young yeah oh yeah so did you as a teen or maybe like a early college age um did you ever like bust out a guitar at a party and start playing this song to like impress people or, like, certainly not like, start certainly not but okay, just, I, when i saw that happen a lot when did I you okay yeah see well yeah. Th- th- here's the here's the dirty little secret though it's the easiest it's the first three chords that you learn on the guitar are the right. chords in the song. So it was just like, okay, what's an easy party trick? It was just an easy access kind of thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Now, now the eggs on the like face of those guys. The lyrics, so the lyrics, the chorus is easy to learn and easy to remember. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing that I think is, is troublesome, right? Because like ice cream, we all love ice cream. But if you have right. like... Three scoops even is pushing it. Now it's back to this one. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, you're, you're right. double fisting two cones of ice cream and like 18 scoops, it's too much fucking ice cream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, think about the Ramones, who I think are just like on a level. Because for me, maybe I have a short attention span. But for me, like a minute and a half is long enough to get the point of a song, usually a pop song, right? Yeah. You could make a one minute, 30 second song to be generous. Let's say traditional was a two minute, 30 second. You could make a two minute, 30 song that would make me think about the lost innocence of my generation and feel some vague feelings about that. You know, like I can feel that way. 
uh, I, with two minute thirty seconds. Certainly, you know? it can be done. It's not that like it's not impossible. No, it's definitely not. You could definitely could take out half of the verses, and it would be totally that's what, fine. Exactly. That's what they do on the radio when they play it usually. Another note I want to make about this song. This is just sort of a trivial thing, but it's true that um, he was a, a teenager um, folding, like wrapping newspapers, like, getting ready for his paper route. When he learned by reading the paper at fifteen years old about these his heroes of his dying. So that bit of the story of his true, reading, that's impressive. That happened exactly 15 years before the day I was born. Oh. So trip out on that. Wow. Wild. Well, hold up. Um, I'm tripping out on that, Jake. <laughs> okay, good. Go on. We'll give you a minute for well, that. Yeah. The song <laughs> okay. also was finished, or at least part of it was done in Philadelphia, and that's the first place that it was performed in Philadelphia. So there's, you know, right. there's like, uh, yeah. there's a small part of me that wants to claim, you, you know, just maybe only the best oh, the parts of it. the energy of your city got in there. Right, exactly. There's a number of places around the Northeast that claim that it was written there or partially written there, like in many cities, like I think... Uh, there's a place in Connecticut or maybe New Hampshire or something like that, a cafe that like makes claim that that was where it was written. And he he's, he has gone on record saying exactly where it was written. And I don't remember where that is, but it wasn't this fucking cafe in Connecticut. No. You know, we have Belle Biv DeVoe on here. We're talking about Philadelphia. Um, right. Are, are you guys ready to go to the list? We got anything else to talk about? I don't, I think we've covered it. I mean, I'm, it's, it's, it's looking bleak for me. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, so the, the low, I think the lowest song we have on here. Is Do You Know the Way to San Jose? Oh, I like that song more. I think I like this song more, but I, I don't know. You know, like this song, I think looking at this song objectively and, and, and like what it might mean to a lot of other people and the fact that it, again, is like it's so well known, um, meaning that it was, you know, it, in some way well written as a as a pop song because everybody knows it so well. I, I, that that makes me think that this song is, is a better song. Right. And the, and mainly the meaning that it has to other people, to people who are boomers, essentially. Um, yeah. And that it does tackle a subject that I think is like, maybe it doesn't tackle it in a great way. Um, well, maybe it's it not just it not the, ne- okay the best justice. vehicle to discuss it. It's like the, certain subjects lend themselves to pop songs and some don't. Like there's a song called Roly Poly, which is about having a son that, is you, great. that will eat a lot of food. And you're like, it's yeah. great to have a boy who will eat everything and you can fatten him up. Yeah. And like, there's no other song the about that both topic. Ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, how many songs are there about how it's great to have a son that will eat everything? Like, that's that's the <laughs> yeah. only one. So he covered that base and no one else is going to try to outdo that because who else would write I want to give him credit for tackling this topic of like the loss of innocence from the 50s to the 60s. In an and, oblique way. So he doesn't actually he captures it to names. some degree. He captures it enough that it was a number one song, despite the fact it being eight minutes long and having to flip the record in the middle. Okay. And it held the record weeks, for yeah. all these years. I mean, it's only just it, last month. It's topical. Is That's why when, it's topical. That's yeah. why people should listen to this today. Right. And I feel I feel like, do you know the way to San Jose, which is a 186, by the way, on the list. It's, it's kind of a throwaway song. I don't I don't what? hate it, but I'm not. You throw away Dion Warwick? Yeah. No, no, you, but. You throw away Burt Beck? My voice cracked when I said that. The idea, of- <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess I would. Like, I mean, they they both have better songs, probably. I think. He, the, the so here's performance. I would just say just the performance, just the vocal, just the singing of. Uh, do you know the way to oh, San Jose? That, I, do you know the way to San Jose is about trying to make it in LA and it doesn't quite work out and you have to go home to San Jose and you don't know maybe like the Highway 101 is so complicated you can't count on people knowing how to get there even though all you'd have to do is get on Highway 101 going north until you get to San Jose it can't be that hard but what do you think Tim are you familiar I, with this song No I'm not familiar with this song but I'll tell you this there's a bit of a discrepancy here okay because what I'm showing is that number 198 198 Reese's Ultimate Peanut Butter Cup 
or peanut butter lover's oh, cup, right? Okay, so here's what I'm seeing from that. I don't even know what the fuck that is, but it sounds milk. like it's an ult- the ultimate Reese's cup, which seems like it's probably too much, which is exactly what it this is song is. Oh. This is this is the Reese's <laughs> ultimate like peanut butter yeah. lover's cup of songs. The only yeah. problem is... Oh, yeah, because people are like, you know what I like? I like a little bit of nostalgia. I like a little bit of references to historical events. Sure. Right. I like a little bit of, of metatextuality where I wish the song started saying, hello, baby, like in a uh, uh, Big Bopper song. I, but like, I understand. I get totally what you're saying. Yeah. And the Reese's yeah. Ultimate Peanut Butter Lover's Cup, let me just explain what it is. Yeah. It's a peanut butter lover's cup with no chocolate. It's like, oops, all peanut butter. Okay. Even where they would have chocolate, they got some sort of like peanut butter ganache instead. Yeah. You know it's what? Like this argument minutes. is really strong. Tim, like, I think you've convinced me. And another thing I will say, even like, despite the positive things that I was saying about it, the fact that he took that and went ahead and, and made an eight minute song, which is totally unnecessary and just overdid it. It kind of makes it that much more of a shame that he couldn't turn it into something shorter and better. So exactly I think the final product. Well, of when it I looked is... it up, though, there had been another verse like he had a whole nother oh. verse that he cut out. It would have been longer. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. He should have just made a sequel. <laughs> oh yeah he should have been like still more or yet again so what do you think so you think above or below this phil like tim you haven't had it i think it this Reese's thing is actually I, I enjoyed eating it but it's it's gnarly it was wrong um, it felt wrong though right look down at 201 we have howard the duck the movie not a great movie and it is yeah. a bit too much too long but i still think the howard the duck movie i'd rather like yeah i'd rather i think Howard the duck movie is better than it i guess is what i'm saying well um, and then we're getting down to stuff that's like we're getting towards things that are kind of bad right like, yeah it yeah. gets bleak in the 200s the 200s Wait, are a desolate wasteland i think it's got to go above 200 but i can't in my right mind say that it's better than oreos you know, there's a part of howard the duck which is so long where there's a chase scene where they're up <laughs> in a, air, a little tiny airplane they're actually above the town i live in now so you'd think i'd yeah. be able to watch it and be looking down at my town I couldn't watch it, man. I said, this is like the most, how long is this going to go on for? I hate watching this puppet and this thing. So <laughs> I think we can put it above Howard the Duck. I can, because okay. I can how, about we, how about we put it right below Crushed Eyes so that it's, it's yeah. we would make it currently not in the 200. No, it'll make it at 200. Right. Yeah, that works for me. 200, okay. I think, is good because the thing is, it's such a travesty though, because you here we have a song yeah. that's, it's got cultural resonance. It's got a good catchy verse and a good catchy chorus. It just so happens that there's like 14 of each. There's there's too many verses, too many choruses, mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah. it gets to be pick, too much. Pick the three best verses and then go with that. Exactly. And, and, and punch them up or combine them or do whatever, I think. Exactly. Yeah, he's a good editor. We were talking about Yes Men. How you, it's, it, it's kind of cool to surround yourself with Yes Men, and I'd like to do it personally. Um, Before we start recording. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were talking about having surrounding how how it's cool to have a bunch of yes men and then you tell them something and they say yeah that sounds like a great idea. No, it's not. It's not good. But <laughs> sometimes you need an editor who tells you no uh, that it, that that's too long. You could make a song in two minutes. Yeah, and which that's is what, what I the, am for you. Yeah. We don't even you don't even know it, but like what you just said, I'm gonna edit out. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right because you want to make it shorter. Yeah, you understand this. It's the person who has to edit this. Um, so I, I don't think. think I'm, speaking of which, I don't think I said put the tag on this. Uh, the American Pie, the song by Don McLean, goes in the list at number 200, which moves the Uncanny Valley effect, uh, the idea to number 201, mm-hmm. uh, which means that we completed the podcast or, or the ranking section of the podcast, oh, okay. um, which is the vast majority of the podcast. But Tim, well, at first, thanks for coming on. I'm going to thank you again. Oh, later. absolutely. But um, you have got a lot of going on here. You um, are on your brother Dave Haas's record. Yeah. Blood Harmony, which is great. I love it. It's very well received. That came out a couple months ago. We'll put a link to the show notes in it. And you were just in uh, Nashville 
you recording your own album. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So Blood Harmony, this is, um, so I've been, Dave and I have been co-writers for the last three, I want to say, records of his. And that's been one of the most wonderful working relationships. The Actually, scratch that. The most wonderful working <laughs> relationship that I've ever had in my life. It's great and it's fulfilling and it's wonderful to do it with your brother. And um, please don't edit that to make me sound like I want to do it with my brother. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. Writing together has been wonderful. And we've written all the songs that I just recorded in Nashville. Um, he wrote on them as well. So it's the, it's the same thing. Right. It's the same process that led to my record. And yeah, I just, we did the first leg of that last week and I'm really excited about it. It was one of the crowning achievements of my musical career and really my life. It was really life affirming. And that's great, man. Congrats. I mean, you recorded your first album with your, it's going to have your name on it. Yeah. And it's, it was, it was no joke. It was so fun. And, um, the, the players and the, and the producer, Will Hogue, I mean, it was spectacular to work with those guys. So the guy, Josh, Josh Grange is the guy, he's the multi-instrumentalist and he did a lot of, he built a lot of the tracks out and he's been in Sheryl Crow's band. He was with Katie Lang for a while and he was leaving our session to go to Lucinda Williams sessions. So it was pretty, yeah. So it was pretty, it was pretty like, you're in good company. Yeah, exactly. So it felt good. He seemed, he seemed like he was into it. Everybody was on board. Everybody liked the songs. And I think we did the songs justice so that it all feels good. I'm just, I can't wait to hear them. I'm kind of chomping at the bit. That'll be out sometime next year. I, I assume. Yeah, it will. It will. Um, hopefully I get the mixes back soon and I could start listening myself and then, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that in the next year we'll be able to put that out and that'll be out under our own label, which we founded over the pandemic right. blood. Just, just like the Dave Haas record you guys are. Yeah. Recording. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we put yeah, that out under your own label and you yeah. yeah, Blood Harmony Records, and we we put the record out, Blood Harmony, and then we'll put my record out as well. And Wait, real quick, Tim, what is Blood Harmony? Blood, what does that phrase mean? So Blood Harmony is the sound. Phil's a, Phil's a Leuven Brothers fan, so he he understands oh. it. I think without understanding it. Right, right. So it's the sound that people who share DNA make when they sing together, and it, when they sing in key together. That's a oh, that's a good qualifier because you could have one they, musical they can kid do and no one, one else not. can do. Yeah, exactly. So there's certain. We, there's a vocal blend that takes place when you share blood and when, when you are brothers or your sisters or your sister and brother, there's a certain thing that happens and your voices just entwine in this way that doesn't really happen with people that you can sing harmony with that aren't your sibling or your, you know, blood relative. I wonder if it's ever happened where two people in a church choir, they didn't know that they had the same uh, they didn't know they were related <laughs> until, until they were singing together. And then the the um, what do you call the person in church that tells you uh, that arranges the music? Right, and right. They say like, look, we're gonna put these two together. They sing great. It's blood harmony. And then their families are looking around nervously. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like one one man like gets up and like nervously walks out, like <laughs> covers his face and runs out of the church. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, there's a good episode of um, Cooking and Rhinestone about the Leuven Brothers, I think, that talks about blood harmonies. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I remember hearing that like they That's had a, a podcast special, I listened to. I'll put a link in the show notes. That they had a special yeah. that they had a special sound together. But I, I didn't realize it was like people who are linked by blood can do that. Um, yeah. So, Tim, you got that coming out. You've got you got meanwhile, you guys are you and Dave are playing shows. Um, yeah, you've played. You just played a, a bunch of shows this year. You had a, some record release stuff. And then I assume you're doing stuff next year. Yeah, we're doing a couple shows that we are making up. We the last last gig we played was March 11th of I don't know this last couple years have been a time warp I guess it was 2020 maybe maybe yeah. who knows hard to the, say the last show before the yeah, before the, yeah exactly the, uh, it, it, it was the same night that the NBA kind of shut everything down and thank God for the NBA because the president sure wasn't going to do it but the NBA shut down our whole society that same night as we played our last gig in New York and it was definitely a palpable thing in that show we could tell like oh man a lot more people bought tickets than have come and so it was that was the last gig we have just some East Coast shows to make up and we're doing that in March and yeah, we're going to, hopefully we'll get to those. You never, I mean, it's hard to put your finger on like what, when and if things are going to happen these days, but I, I think that they should uh, go through. So ho- hopefully. That last show that you guys did before, I mean, you have played a few shows in 2021. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but the last, the show before the pandemic shut everything down was, if I, if I recall correctly with the explosion. It was. Which features Matt and Dave, who you will have just seen when this comes out. That's right. So other shows on the East Coast. Um. Uh, those happen after we're recording this, but before this is released. So tell us how great the shows were now. Oh, the shows were unbelievable. I mean, those those brothers, they just... The, the blood harmony, the, the the way that those guys meshed. Wow, wow what a thing. <laughs> Matt and Dave? Yeah, yeah, Matt and Dave. It's crazy. <laughs> those guys are relatives. And we never knew it, but then they sang together in a church choir and holy shit. I mean, the whole congregation just knew those guys are fucking brothers. And then then like, Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was making that. I I want, I had some more stuff to add to the story, but I realized it's not the time for it. (laughs) Okay. It was like, anything else you want to plug Tim? I don't think so. Just Before, please, you know, okay. check out the record Blood Harmony. It's just out. It it um we're very yeah, very proud of it and we hope that you listen yeah. and enjoy and if you feel so led, please buy it, but if if not, you can just listen. That's fine too. I'll put a link in the show notes to that. And yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Um it's been great. Hopefully we can have you on again sometime. Absolutely. This is wonderful. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Every Damn Thing. We hope you enjoyed it. Go to everydamthing.net for the updated list of show notes. Uh, if you have something you'd like to add to the list of everything, by the way, t- uh, Tim, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the listener right now, but this applies to you as well. Um, so if you got anything to add to the list of everything or anything to say to us, you can email us at list at everydamthing.net. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and you can also suggest topics in those places. You can subscribe or follow the show wherever you listen. Our theme is by Jade Puget. Oh, we have a subreddit now. Yes, uh, and uh, maybe we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. We have a subreddit. Reddit and it's called Every Damn Thing, I believe. I'm going to first, I'm going to learn what Reddit is and then I'm going to uh, go there. <laughs> yeah. um, if you enjoyed the show, please rate and review it on a platform of your choice. If you want to send us a screenshot of a five-star review, we'll bump your a submission of your choice to the front of the queue. Um, and so uh, also the next episode, episode number 75, we're going to re-rank an item. Um, voting for that is closed. We had a poll up and we, we uh, everybody voted uh, to see which item we're going to re-rank. If you listen next week, we'll tell you what that well, actually, not next week. This next episode comes out in two weeks because uh, we're going to take a little break for Christmas. But um, we'll tell you what that item was and we'll re-rank it. So um, get excited for episode number 75. 
that'll come out in the, the first week of 2022. Um, also, if you want to support the show, best thing to do is recommend it to a friend. That's how uh, the word gets around. Spread the word. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Until next Happy time, I would like to say, uh, ranks for everything. 